Heavenly Father, I thank you for the power of your word this morning. I thank you that you speak to us through your word. I thank you, Holy Spirit, that the seed of your word goes and penetrates into our hearts, into the good soil. Father, it penetrates deep. It goes real deep. Father, it sets down roots and it changes us and it produces a fruit in our lives, a fruit that helps us to transition from one place to another, from one person to another. Lord, I just thank you that your spirit speak through me as I speak these words today and encourage your church in this journey that we embark on as Infused Church. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Welcome to Infused Church. For those who don't know me, my name's Gary, along with my lovely wife, Jane. We pastor the church here. And sometimes we're kept informed about what's going on. Sometimes we're not. That's cool. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, look, it's all good. Team working together. It's all good. It's all right. I will get her back. Um, so uh, I, welcome to uh, the whole thing that I felt like God gave me uh, for the start of a, a year ahead. And that's the word shift. And that came out of Matthew chapter 6, verse 6 in the Message Bible. And you can read that in your own time. I believe firmly that God is creating a shift from us to God. It's absolute conviction of my heart. This is a thing that God is leading uh, us in in this whole time. Uh, It's it's going from down to up. And it's, it's going from a shift from fear to faith. We are seeking first the kingdom of God. That is our call as the people of God. That is a call of believers worldwide is to seek first the kingdom of God. And to do this, I'm going to speak out of Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11, and I'm going to read this out of the NIV version this morning, just to set a tone so you understand the background in the story, and then we're just going to dig a little bit deeper into it. So this is Luke chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out a little from the shore. And he sat down and taught the people from the boat. When he'd finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything, but because you say, I will let down the nets. When they'd done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they both began to sink. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they'd taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, who were Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, Don't be afraid, Simon. From now on, you'll catch fish for people. Fish for people, catch men, that's what it says. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and they followed him. When we read this this account, there is so much here for us as a church. From these verses, I'm going to be speaking into the journey of transition that many of you are possibly aware of because of the last couple of weeks I've been talking to groups of people about the transition that we are on as a church So that we are all on the same page here this morning, some of you may not be aware today that I believe that it is the Holy Spirit's intention for Infused Church to join with LifePoint Church under the leadership of Pastor David and Pastor Donna Hall. That's what I thought too. (laughs) I believe the Holy Spirit wants to draw our attention to some things that are important as we are obedient to God in joining together 
with LifePoint. To do this, I want us to walk with Jesus, with Peter and his partners today through this passage. And this is the, what I've, I've termed, these are the seven steps to transition. Seven steps to transition. Number one, everyone say number one. Number one is to be open to God, to be open to Jesus. In Luke 5, verses 1 to 3, it says, So it was, as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God, that he stood by the Sea of Galilee and saw two boats standing by the lake. But the fishermen had gone from them and were fishing, uh, washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the crowd from the boat. See, Jesus attracted a large crowd eager to hear the word of God. <clears throat> Fishermen were washing their nets and Jesus gets into Peter's boat and asks Peter to put out a little bit from the shore. See, the, the thing here is that we need to see is that Peter was open to what God had asked. He was open to a word from God in that instant. He didn't try to do anything else other than he was just simply open to that word. And Jesus was using his boat and then speaking to the crowd. It's in this moment we start to understand that uh, Peter probably listened a little bit more closely because Jesus is, is right in his boat with him and he wants to look interested. Okay, He wants to, to know what Jesus is going to say to the crowd that's there. When the word of God is spoken with clarity, with passion and with conviction, it always draws a crowd. And this is what happened here in this instance. It's here that the seed of the word of God was planted into the hearts of the crowd and of Peter. Would the seed fall by the wayside? Would the seed fall on the rocky places and have no depth? Would the seed be choked out by the worries of life? Or would it fall on the good soil of the hearts of the people here and produce a harvest? The depth of the seed of the Word of God in Peter's heart was about to be tested. How deep does the Word of God penetrate our hearts today? How deep does it go into our spirit? How much does it affect the way that we live as believers today? How deep does the Word of God go into our hearts? Are we open to the Spirit's direction, to the Word of God encouraging us, to the power of the Holy Spirit and to the power that's resident within the Word of God? Is this church, is infused church open to the Word of God as we step into obedient faith to the Holy Spirit. When we're open to Jesus, He will speak to us. What will we do? That is the challenge that's before us today in this journey of transition. Because when we are open to the Holy Spirit, open to the Word of God, it leads us to number two, to be obedient to Jesus. Luke 5 verses 4 to 5 says, When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. <clears throat> but Simon answered him and said to him, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, everyone say nevertheless. nevertheless. This side was really good. Okay, okay. okay, let's try that again. The challenge, the gauntlet has been thrown, okay? Nevertheless. I still think they had it. <laughs> Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. 
Nevertheless, at your word, because you, I'm open to what you've said, I'm going to do what you've told me to do. After Jesus has finished teaching, he wanted to do something good for Peter who'd lent him the use of his boat. Peter couldn't give something to Jesus without Jesus giving even more back to Peter. I love that about God. You think you're doing some great things for God, and you are. You're doing some wonderful things for God. You're serving, you're giving, you're reaching out, you're sharing your testimony. I want to tell you, as you do that for God, God will do even more for you. There's three people excited about that. Jesus tells Peter to head out to the deeper water. Because you know what? In the deeper waters where the bigger fish are. Here's what I've learned about this. That it's out on a limb that's where the fruit is. The fruit's not next to the tree trunk where it's safe to hang on. The fruit's out on a limb. The greater the risk, the deeper the faith, the bigger the catch. Peter showed that he was willing to obey Jesus. In verse 5 he says, Master, we've toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I'll let down the net. Peter could have come up with any number of excuses in this moment. Peter could have said, I've worked all night and I'm tired. Peter could have said, I know a lot more about fishing than any carpenter would ever know. Peter could have said, the best fishing is at night. Anyone knows the best fishing is at night, not during the day. Peter could have said, well, all these crowds and the loud teaching that you've given from my boat, they've scared the fish away. That would be my excuse because I can't catch anything anyway. <laughs> Peter could have said, we've already washed our nets. That's not what he said. What Peter said was, he said in verse 5, nevertheless, never, see, I told you they were louder. <laughs> nevertheless, nevertheless, at your word, Jesus, I'm going to let down my net. This is Peter's great statement of faith in Jesus' word. He took a hold of what Jesus had said to him and he put it into practice. He obeyed by letting down the nets there. God's people throughout the ages have lived with a confidence in the word of God. At your word, there was light. At your word, life was created. At your word, creation is held together and sustained by your word. Peter said, at your word, Lord, I'm going to let down my nets. As, the, as disciples, we must learn to obey God instead of reasoning stuff out. We've got to like, put aside our reason. There were two trees in the garden. One was the tree of life. One was the, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. See, what we need to do is to sting, stick to and cling to the tree of, the, of life, not trying to reason out everything that God says to us. We've got to stop reasoning stuff. Stop trying to figure stuff out. That's why he's God and you're not. <clears throat> We've got to obey. When the Holy Spirit leads us to do things that don't always make sense, we should quickly say the phrase, see, I told they savvy side over here. If you would like reservations in this side next week, please see me. Happy to give those reservations out. Nevertheless, 
when we just don't understand, we can't see the way, there's not a, a, a whole lot of clarity around what God's asking us to do, the phrase that needs to come to our heart is nevertheless, and then simply step out and obey it. Being led by our thoughts and our feelings will not bring in a big catch or lead to success. When we do what God says, when God tells us, despite it not making sense, the blessings of obedience will overwhelm us. It will overwhelm us what God wants to do in the simple act of being open to God, obeying what He says, it will lead to be, being overwhelmed. Infused church has been given a word, nevertheless, at your word, Lord, we're going to obey and do what you've asked us to do. And it leads us to the third step in transition. And that is that Jesus wants to overwhelm us. We're going to be open, obedient towards being overwhelmed. Can you sense a theme here? Everything starts with O. It must be God. Luke chapter 5 verse 6 says, And when they'd done this, they caught a great number of fish, and their net was breaking. Saints, it's just what we experienced this morning. It's the goodness of God. It's nothing but the goodness of God. Can you sense the, the Holy Spirit flowing through this service this morning? I want to tell you, God wants to overwhelm you with His goodness. It's God's desire to overwhelm you with His love. It's God's desire to overwhelm you with His healing. It's God's desire to overwhelm you with His grace and His forgiveness and His righteousness. God wants to overwhelm your life. When they'd done that, a great number of fish was caught in their net and it was all on the verge of breaking. As they obeyed by letting down the nets, the result was overwhelming. The net almost broke. It was possibly the greatest catch that Peter had ever had. I don't know. I wasn't there, but I, su I surmise it. It was so astonishing that the word astonishing is, is, is in, the, in the text. So therefore it tells me that this is an extraordinary catch that Peter's had. He was overwhelmed by the blessing of God in that moment. And all he did was listen. He was open to God. He obeyed God. And God overwhelms him. What could happen for us as saints, as believers, as a church, when we're open to God and we're obedient to what He wants to do, that God wants to overwhelm us. He wants to overwhelm this community with His goodness. He wants to see a revival break out. We can be overwhelmed by the reward of God's goodness or be overwhelmed by fear of the unknown. It depends where our faith is. Peter didn't make excuses and his faith in Jesus was overwhelmingly rewarded. Peter probably knew more about fishing than a carpenter did and he worked all night without any results. So the only reason that Peter obeyed Jesus was because he believed in Jesus. Not because of the circumstances seeming right at the time. Well, the moon's in its fourth phase and the clouds are just a little bit there and that means that the water's going to be a little bit warmer here so that therefore means that the fish are going to come in because I saw that there were some blokes over there. They let some, some chum come through, a bit of a chaff stuff there that, that draws the fish in. No, he just believed in God. Come on. When can we start to move out? Because we believe in God. Lazarus was overwhelmed by the life of Jesus Christ as he called it. Come forth, Lazarus. 
A woman caught in the act of adultery was astounded by the mercy and the forgiveness of Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood was overcome by the healing of Jesus in that moment. We see Roman soldiers who were stunned at Jesus' crucifixion and said, surely this was the Son of God. On the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people were overwhelmed by the love of God and were saved. Smith Wigglesworth in 1936 says this, Australia, hello, Australia, you've been chosen by God for a great move of the Holy Spirit. This move of God will be the greatest move that God of God ever known and will start towards the end of the 20th century and move into the 21st century. This move of God will start a great revival in Australia and spread through the whole world and usher in the second coming of Jesus. This will be the final revival before the coming of the Lord. And you might say today, 1936, it hasn't come to pass now. Well, talk to King David who prophesied to the coming of the Messiah. How many centuries and generations were between David and Jesus himself? Just because it was said so many years ago doesn't make it false. I might get fired up this morning. When we are open and obedient to the Holy Spirit, He will overwhelm us. My concern is this. We're not ready for what God wants to do here. We're not ready for what God wants to do in this city. We're not ready for what God wants to do in this state. We're not ready for what God wants to do in this nation. Therefore, number four, we must partner with others. We must partner with others. When we're open, obedient, we're going to be overwhelmed. We've got to be open to having others, partnering together with other people. Luke chapter 5, verse 7 says, So they signalled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. They came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. Peter needed others to share resources to help with the overwhelming catch that God had given. In Clark's commentary on this passage, he says this, Some would rather leave souls to perish than admit a need of partners in the sacred work. It is an intolerable pride to think that we're the only ones to do something well and a diabolical envy to be afraid to partner with others lest others should be more successful than we are. What a slap in the head that is. Like, hello, does anyone hear what he's saying? He's saying, get over yourselves. Partner with other people. Reach out. Join together with the body of Christ. We must partner with others in the same way that we partner with the Holy Spirit. We've got to partner with the Holy Spirit. We've got to work with the Holy Spirit. We've got to be completely surrendered and, and, and just, you know, there's a word that's in my head, but it just won't come out. It's stuck. Maybe this will loosen it up. Believers need other believers. We as a congregation need others. We are stronger together. Our reach goes deeper and the catch is not lost. 
without Peter's partners, James and John, the catch would have been lost. I believe God's given us a word about joining together with LifePoint Church. It's not that we have people from LifePoint Church that will come and help here, though I believe that they will. This is my stance on this. It's that we gain a greater spiritual foothold through coming under an apostolic leader with an increased spiritual authority over a region. Think about this. He is the, Pastor David Hall is our state president for the ACC over our movement. He has a spiritual authority over our state. There's an apostolic anointing upon him for a region, an area. When we submit ourselves willingly and, and generously to that, that anointing, we submit to that leadership, we too had that broad reach and this church can reach this whole state and we can reach this whole nation because of an apostolic leader. The very thing that I've been looking for since 2015. God is aligning the dots. He's putting all the ducks in a row. If I could just have my faithful assistance. What we have here is a fish catcher. Well, as it, called, it smells very clean, I must say. This here, so I'm going to let, uh, so if you could, what we have here, I'm, I'm not sure if you've seen this. Well, we've actually secured a, a, a shoal of fish uh, over in this corner here. So if, if I could just get you to demonstrate uh, the, the absolute fantastic way you catch fish, my, uh, my good friend Paul. Okay, hey, hey. How good's Paul? He's good. He's, uh, he's the man. He's the man. He's the man. Okay, so if I could uh, have uh, whoever's going to take this next bit. So I'm just going to show what happens with one uh, person, this is, this is Peter. It's actually Matt, but it's Peter. Pe Matt, could you show us how uh, you use your net, please? He's got one too. Okay. Can I ask, ask you to call your partner, please? Wow. <laughs> I, I was frightened that might happen. <laughs> hey. Yes, Paul, Paul, go, Paul. That's it. Oh, how good's that? How good's that? Hey? Well done. Let's give him a hand. You can each have a balloon. You can each have a balloon to play with. Not, but if I hear those scrapey noises, I'm just going to send you straight out, all right? <laughs> Thanks, guys. Here's, here's the thing. These are both nets. Which one's the better net? Big one. Can I tell you? They are, they are both important. Because there's sometimes you just need to go one-on-one -on -one to catch a fish. But there's sometimes when God moves in such an overwhelming way, 
that he wants us to use a big net. This is what we're heading for. This is the way that we're going forward. Peter needed others to help with the overwhelming blessing of God. And we need the help of others to reach the Adelaide Hills. This is the fastest growing city in Australia right now. One of them is Mount Barker. Just being reclassified from a town to a city. We are in a city. We cannot reach this community alone. We need the help of others. And there is every reason for a significant Pentecostal church in the Adelaide Hills that sees an incredible harvest of souls, one to the kingdom of God. See, it was this moment, in this moment where this overwhelming catch, that that Peter truly saw Jesus as he was. Point five is, step five in, in this whole transition is that observe Jesus for who he really is. We observe Jesus for who he really is. Luke 5, verses 8 to 9. When Peter saw it, he fell at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, from sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish which they had taken. Good girl, Candy. I know where that's going. Here comes a balloon. Well done. Excellent. So does that mean if I cry, I get one too? It's good. I make the jokes. That's good. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Jesus had already miraculously healed Peter's mother-in-law. Fact that I mean, how big's God when He loves your mother-in-law? Me and my mother-in-law had a great relationship for about 18 years, and then we met. Oh, come on. My mother-in-law is a great woman of God. She must be to put up with me. So there's something about this miracle that Peter witnesses. The overwhelming catch that made Peter worship Jesus and surrender completely to him. Because Peter was an experienced fisherman and knew how unfavorable the conditions were. He knew all the more what a great miracle catch it was that he caught. Peter knew only a man with God's hand on them could do what Jesus did. Peter realized in that moment his own spiritual bankruptcy compared to Jesus. Peter saw his own condition in the light of who Jesus was. Peter thought that his condition should keep him from God, create separation from God. But Jesus wanted to build intimacy with Peter to bridge the gap between God and man. This was the whole purpose of Jesus coming to the earth. Joining with LifePoint Church is recognizing who Jesus is and what he wants to do in the Adelaide Hills. I want to tell you this morning that Jesus is Lord and we are his followers. This helps us to then start to see something different. That part of this this whole process of transition is point number six, step number six. We've got to be an overcomer. It says in Luke chapter 5 verse 10, Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. 
Don't be afraid, infused church. Don't be afraid, saints. From now on, you'll catch men. The things that Jesus did, did and he said were testimony of who Jesus was. Peter feared Jesus in the sense of holding him in such great awe. But Jesus told Peter to put away that fear. God wants to relate to us on the principle of love, not through a cowering fear of him. So Jesus says to Peter, don't be afraid. Jesus, he, he says to us, when we're looking to join with LifePoint Church, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. We're walking this Jesus with Jesus. We're not leaving Jesus behind as we move forward. Jesus is on this journey with us. His Spirit is leading us. His Word is resident within us. It's in this same moment when Jesus says, don't be afraid, that He actually releases courage for us to do this. Because God never asks us to do something that He never empowers us to do in that moment. So when God says, don't be afraid, it's in that moment He releases the courage to do what we need to do. 2 Samuel chapter 10, verse 12 says, Be courageous and let us show ourselves courageous for the benefit of our people. And I want to say for this community that we live in as well. We've got to show ourselves courageous. Don't be afraid to be open and obedient to Jesus. Don't be afraid when the Lord overwhelms you. Don't be afraid to partner with others. Don't be afraid to observe Jesus and, and see who He really is. Don't be afraid to be courageous and to be an overcomer in God. And that leads me to my last point. Don't be afraid to be led outwards and onwards. Luke chapter 5, verse 10 says, Jesus said to Simon, Have no fear, from now on you will be catching men. After they brought their boats to land, they left everything and followed him, becoming his disciples, believing and trusting in him and following his example. Jesus told Peter and his, and his partners now, from now on that they would be fishers of men with a kingdom of God focus. They were, their lives were redirected outwards and onwards. Now they were disciples of Jesus, following him, believing him, trusting in him. His purpose became their purpose, and it's our purpose too. As I wrap this up this morning, Peter was open and obedient to God. He was overwhelmed by blessing. Peter needed others, and he observed who Jesus really was. Peter overcame fear in his life, and it was, his life was then redirected outwards and onwards. And this is our journey too as believers and at Infused Church too, to seek first the kingdom of God. To seek first the kingdom of God. As a church, we've been open to a word from God. And now it's time to be obedient to that word. I believe that we're on the verge of being overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit through revival. We need others we need to join together with another church under an apostolic leader. We need to observe who Jesus really is and overcome our fears, our concerns or our worries. And if you do are concerned or if you have any worries about this, don't talk to everybody else about your concerns and stuff. Come and talk to me. Come and talk to me. I'm the one that's going to be able to provide direction and leadership to you and tell you exactly why we're doing what we're doing. Only last Sunday in the afternoon, we had a meeting here. That, that meeting was, was videotaped. 
videotaped. Uh, I just got really old really quick. <laughs> but it was videoed. Uh, I'm more than happy to, to provide a copy of that, that video to you so you understand the journey and the words, the prophetic words that we were given in relation to our journey ahead. See, this account that we've read today rests on two critical factors. Number one, Jesus gave Peter a word and Peter obeyed that word. Peter's openness and obedience opened the door to an overwhelming catch. Secondly, the second critical factor in this is this. Without Peter's partners, the catch would have been lost. Can I ask you something this morning? Are you willing to take that risk with your relatives, your friends, who you've been praying to, to, to give their hearts to Jesus? Are you willing to take the risk that because we refuse to obey a word from God and the leading of the Holy Spirit, you're going to walk away from that? Do you understand what I'm saying? Does it make sense? Are you willing to take that risk? Infused Church stands on the threshold of its most exciting days since it's been planted. That is my firm conviction. Over the last few weeks, I've shared this journey with everybody. And like I said, the video is available. We will be looking to join together with LifePoint Church under the leadership of Pastor David and Pastor Donna Hall. Their church is LifePoint Church. It's at Modbury Heights. Incredible church. We've been down there. I've spoken at their staff meetings. They're just a great couple. Can I tell you, Pastor David's really like me, just a scallywag. He, he's cheeky, he's down to earth, open, transparent, fully passionate about God. Power of the Holy Ghost. A man anointed by God to do incredible things. He has incredible vision and faith. He's an international speaker. International speaker. To be obedient to what the Holy Spirit is asking of us in joining together with LifePoint Church will take us all working together in unity to overcome our fear or worry about what might happen and then to trust the Holy Spirit as He leads us. If you could like write out a particular scripture for us in this season, it would be this. 2 Samuel 10, 12, I've said this this morning. Be courageous and let us show ourselves courageous for the benefit of our people and the cities of our God. That's from the Amplified Bible version. This is the shift for us at Infused Church. It's from us to God. And it's the journey that we are on as a church as we move forward. This coming weekend is, is a huge weekend for us as a church. Friday night at 7.30, we have Friday night church with Pastor Steve and Pastor Sa uh, Sally uh, McCracken. They are the prophetic voice to us as a church. Great, uh, powerful 
a prophetic anointing on them both. In particular, uh, Sally has a, an incredible uh, gift of wisdom on her as well. Uh, we're just going for God on Friday night. I want to hear from God. I want to, and, and Steve and Sally, they've been praying for us and, and just speaking into this journey as well. So that's Friday night at 7.30. Just because it's a youth night, don't just drop your youth off and leave. You may miss one of the most profound nights that you'll have here at Infused Church on Friday night, 7.30. We'll even chuck in some chips and some like potato chips and dips and cracker, whatever it is on Friday night afterwards as well. And on Saturday morning at 7.30, sorry, 9.30, I was thinking of the park run. I'm doing the park run as well. So I'm actually going to hope to take Steve on the park run. I want to flog him to death doing something. But at 9.30 here at Saturday mornings, 9.30 to 10.30, we're just going to worship God going to create an atmosphere. You're just going to see what God wants to do. We've got no agenda really for that, that hour other than to seek God and to worship and to praise Him. We're going to have a quick morning tea from 10.30 to 11. Then at 11 o'clock, Pastor David and Pastor Donna Hall will be up here at the church, just going to share their heart. And if you have any question that you want to ask them about what's happening between us, that's the moment you can ask the question that you may have burning in your heart. I, I, we love Pastor David and Donna. They're incredible leaders. Have a heart for the kingdom of God and for this state. And it's just a great honour to have them up in the house. And then obviously, Sunday morning, we have again Pastor Steve and Sally speaking into the life of the church here. The following week, on um, the, uh, the 3rd of April, Pastor David Hall will be speaking here at our Sunday morning service. And we're, we're really excited about that as well. Again, just an opportunity to get to know him and, uh, and a little bit about what goes on at LifePoint Church. I, I pray that you've heard my heart today. I, I felt that this was a, a, a really key passage of, of, of Scripture, of an account that happened with Jesus and Peter and the other disciples that helps us to look at how we're going to transition in this coming season ahead. Jane and I, we will continue to be the, the campus pastors here at Infused Church. We're not leaving Mount Barker. We're staying here, but we, our role will change. There's a likelihood of, of um, a state uh, role that I may walk into, but there's nothing said about, uh, like solid in that space at this point. But So there's some stuff going on. We still don't have a great deal of clarity around stuff, but you know what? This is my conviction. God's in this. God's in this. God's in this. God's in this church. Can we stand? I'm done. Everyone says, praise God. There won't be any vote this weekend. No vote this weekend. No, no, no vote this weekend. You can come free. Don't have to stretch out and like overwork that voting arm because there's two weekends in a row having to vote. <laughs> cool. Okay. Okay. Holy Spirit, you're welcome. Even now, we just welcome your presence, Holy Spirit. We love you, Lord Jesus. We love you, Father. You are so, so good to us. You are so, so good to us. And we just embrace your presence here this morning. I pray over every person here today a peace about what's happening here, an excitement about the journey that you've got us going on. Now this is about you, Holy Spirit, creating a moment in, in this church's history of divine 
appointment of a divine connection that's led by You. Help us to walk this out with honour, with value, with a sense of faith that Your hand's on this. We commit this time to You. We commit this way to You. And we celebrate what You're doing in and through us all, Lord God. For this is Your church. It's not ours. You gave Your blood for this church. So, Lord, we know that You have its best interests at heart because of that that very reason. This is Your church, Lord. And we just are on this journey together. So I pray your blessing upon people today. I pray your blessing upon people today. In the wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone said...